Good morning again. So today we can continue our series on back to school wisdom. And today's talk title is Brains in Your Head, Feet in Your Shoes. <laughs> I'm glad that's up there because I've been turning that around ever since I first read it. <laughs> Brains in your head, shoes on your feet is what I keep saying. I mean, how many of us get up and decide when we, we're gonna, you know, dress, we pick out our clothes and that. Let's see, what pair of shoes would I put my feet in today? Who really says that? <laughs> um, so this is Dr. Seuss, by the way, if you didn't know. I didn't, but that's who it is, the wisdom of Dr. Seuss. First of all, what's in your head? That could be a tricky question because all of us have lots of stuff that's always in our head, right? Where are you going? Okay, where are you going with this stuff that's in your head? And then, do you ever arrive? So we're not talking about what's on your head. Here are some possible headdresses. You know, I particularly like grumpy cat, personally. But anyway, it's not what's on your head, it's what's in your head. How often is this the way you feel when something is coming up, when you're in a certain situation? Um, in school, I always felt like my brains, my heads was just everywhere. So our founder, Ernest Holmes, says that spirit is the creative cause back of, back of and within everything. God is not a spirit, but the spirit. God is man, in man, is man. And you know, Ernest always spoke in the masculine, so we know that God in man and woman, we're not being left out. But this is one thing that we as the human race, we have, as spiritual beings, we are one with God and in God as God. And if you read this, this gentleman is saying, can I get a wake-up call? And she says, you are the universe experiencing itself. <laughs> and that's what each of us are. We are spiritual beings having a human experience right where we are. And sometimes it takes a while for us to realize that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And for those of us who did not grow up in this teaching, this is something that we had to learn. And not only did we have to, had to learn it, we had to learn to embody it. Is there anyone here that is from another church, another denomination, another? So all of you know, that, and I'm glad that I'm not the only original sinner here. However, so we had to learn, we had to, we had to take, get that wake-up call. We had to, you know, when we got that wake-up call, and then nothing was ever the same for us again. Ernest Holmes says that all men and women <laughs> seek some relationship to the universal mind, the oversoul of the eternal spirit, which we 
we call God, and life reveals itself to whoever is receptive to it, that we are living in a spiritual universe which includes the material or physical universe and has been a, been a conclusion of the deepest thinkers of every age. That this spiritual universe must be one of pure intelligence and perfect life dominated by love, by reason and by the power to create seems an inevitable conclusion. What this is saying is that, you know, we, as we learn to accept who we really are, what was difficult for me coming from um, the fun fundamental church that I came from was really knowing that God was not outside of myself. So this morning in this back to school wisdom, I want to give you a little bit of back to basics. Back to basics is merely this. We are one in God as God. There is no God besides us. We are expressions of the divine. And as we can learn to accept that, we can embrace and embody all that God has to offer us, all that spirit says that we can do. It doesn't mean that every single thing that happens in life is according to what we think it should be, but we need to accept the fact that when we ask, it is given. And it might not come in the form that we think it should be. There might be a little bit of going around the way this happens. Um, one example for me was that I said to Spirit, I said, well, you know, I would like a new car. <laughs> and whenever someone has an accident, the first thing I ask them is that, did you ask for a new car? Okay. I'm just saying. You have to watch what you say to Spirit because you don't know how that will express. I said I wanted a new car. And then a couple weeks ago, I had just all kinds of problems with my car. I went through the car wash to get the dust off of it, and something happened, and it just ripped off the front end of my car. <laughs> so that was a little bit annoying. <laughs> you know, I'm dragging my front end down the street, and I didn't even realize I had this thing. And there was a woman that drove her right before me. She goes, your bumper is under the car. <laughs> you know, so um, we stopped and we pulled the bumper from beneath the car. And I thanked her for that. So I borrowed a friend's car. Just in case I'm driving down the interstate at 75 miles an hour. And this bumper flies off again. And so I borrowed a friend's car, whose car is a hybrid. Great. I come to work here at the center, and as I drove out and turned the corner, this warning light comes on, and the car just shuts down. I'm like, really, seriously, God, you got jokes? <laughs> you got jokes now, you know? So, couldn't get the car started. It just would not, the, the hybrid battery died and killed the car. So I said, all right, well, I know I said that I wanted a new car, but you think we can do this without the drama? <laughs> so just, just be mindful of that. You know, sometimes you have to be a little specific. So when we think, something happens to thought. The field through which thought operates is infinite. 
The fact that we are, that as we think, every thought is a prayer. The reason is, is because it operates through the infinite, through infinity. Everything that we say or do or think is a prayer, and spirit hears that. And not knowing, you know, how exactly you want it, you say you want a new car, okay, here you go. I didn't get the new car, by the way, I just got my front end fixed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when we think, something happens to thought, and that thought manifests in our lives. At a time when we are moving forth, as we are expanding, when we step into that place of, you know, there is something new, there is something more, what is it? For me, when I stepped out of the Pentecostal church, I felt like there was something more than, than stress going to church and to worry about going to hell. You guys will hear about that pretty often. Don't worry about it. Um, so it was, it was when I stepped out of that and I began to seek and eventually find this teaching, it was something that was so profound to me because it was so simplistic in its philosophy, right? I mean, you are God in expression. There's no God outside of you. There is no judgment. There is the law of cause and effect but there is no judgment and you are wonderful just the way you are. However you choose to express, whoever and whatever you are, you are just totally perfect, just like that. Coming from years and years of unworthiness, I cannot tell you actually how long it still took me to embody that. It's like, really, you mean God loves me just the way I am? Colorful language and all, it doesn't matter. He still loves me. He, it, whatever you choose to call God, still loves you just the way you are. And a mind that is stretched by new experiences can never go back to the old dimensions. So don't think that once you step outside the box, you can get back in there. You just don't fit anymore. It doesn't work. Anything that you try to do in order to fit back in there, I cannot go back to the teachings of being unworthy because it, it just did not fit my way of thinking. It's not what spirit had given to me. So I want to ask you, where is your brain taking you? Are you in, are you, are you receptive to the newness that is available to your life, in your life, as you accept the fact that you're not just this one small, inconsequential, unworthy speck on the face of the earth, that you are in actuality this huge, huge spiritual being that's being contained in this little meat suit that we wear, okay? You are a godling in expression. So where is your brain taking you? Is this something that you can reach out and receive? Can you accept the fact that you are one in God, you're one in the divine, that you are spirit and expression? Can you just be grateful for that and just know 
that as you continue on in life, you are ever expanding. One final year med student said, I haven't even considered what I'm having for dinner tonight, let alone which specialty I'm going into. The reason I thought this was very appropriate for this, this part of the lesson is because there are so many times that we, we might have situations, we might have a, something that we want to do, some place we want to go, something we have, but we don't take the time to really let God work, and we think we have to do it ourselves, right? Um, we, have to, we have to be in that place of always making the decision instead of letting spirit work for us and through us. And being up here even, when I decided to become a minister, when I decided to answer that call, it was not something, once you answer the call, you can't go back, you know? When you really step into that call, it's not like, at least I couldn't, could not step back in to say, well, no, I'm not gonna be a minister. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not answering that call, God. I changed my mind. I don't wanna do this. Because what happens is, you come into the experience of that spiritual two by four. Has anyone ever had that happen to them? I know you have, yeah. Be sitting there like you haven't, you know? <laughs> it, or call it intuition. You know, when spirit says, you know, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that, I want you to go somewhere, I want you to do a certain thing, and you don't do it, what happens is chaos can erupt. When I went to take my car to get it fixed, Spirit just kept saying to me, my intuition kept saying, call and make sure it's the right place. I was like, it's the right place. So, kept getting that tap on the shoulder. No, it's the right place. I'm going to the right caliber. I got over the caliber and it was the wrong place. I didn't have anything else to do in the Denver area during rush hour in the morning except drive back and forth across the city, right? That was not fun. I missed everything else, dentist appointment, everything. So when you get in this position where God says to do something or to do it in a certain way, it's just time to do it and just answer it. So our brains, doctors estimate that we have 50 to 70 thoughts per day, and some, huh? Okay, you knew what I meant. <laughs> I'm the newbie up here, I get to make mistakes. <laughs> 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts per day. <laughs> And approximately 70% of these thoughts are negative. So, you know, our brains has a lot to consider. Not only is there room for good thoughts, 50,000 to 70,000 of them, 70% of those thoughts are negative. That, that was just astounding to me. So it takes a lot of work you know, 
to get our brain rewired towards something that is, you know, being in that place where God wants us to be. If you want to change your life, you need to change your thoughts. How often are you in a situation, say a relationship, this is prime, you're in a relationship and you're with someone, a new person relatively, you've had a previous bad relationship, in your new relationship, you're still in the same relationship. How often does that happen? And why does that happen? Because you brought the old stuff with you. You know, a boss at work, you don't like, you don't get along, so you change jobs. You get to your new job, and you have the same boss that you left at the previous job. The same coworkers that you didn't get along with, you brought with them. You have to change your life, you have to change your thoughts. Life is a mirror, and it will reflect back to the thinker what he thinks into it. Now, I was not thinking about the car wash ripping the front end off of my car. You know, so I kind of have issues with this one. <laughs> Dr. Holmes. But it will mirror back to you. So if you can change that, if you can change your brain, if you can rewire it into thinking something that is new, something that is really what you want to do and to be. And how can you do that? by your daily practices. So this is definitely back to basics, right? Your daily practices, prayer, meditation, um, some journaling, do some things that will align you, get you centered to that way of thinking that is what, so that you can express and manifest what you wanna see in your life. Dr. Joe Dispenza, now I don't know if you guys you all have heard about Dr. Joe Dispenza, right? Do you know his story, the background? Okay, the story about uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is this. He was in a bad bicycle accident, and it was thought that he would never walk again. And the doctors wanted to put in these rods in his back to stabilize his spine. And he decided that he wasn't gonna go through this. They said, well, you'll never walk. He said, I'm not gonna do it. And he put himself in a way of thinking. He, what he did was he just embraced his oneness, his knowingness, that if he could change his thoughts, he could actually change his body. So he was in the hospital and they took him over to rehab and rehab, he still refused to take this surgery. He still could not walk. He was basically a paraplegic, probably, you know, didn't quite have C5, 6, let me not talk medical to you. He didn't have upper um, injuries that would make him a quad, but he was not going to be able to walk, and if he did, he was gonna have to be with crutches on a walker or in a wheelchair. And what he did was, through the power of thought, he healed himself, and he walks today without any problem at all. It's just a remarkable story. I've seen him in, in person, no limping, nothing like that. He is whole, perfect, and complete, and was healed just by the power of thought.
He says, my goal is that you understand and can see in action how there might be a scientific basis for accepting that your thoughts can create your reality. For the doubter, I would like you to entertain the possibility that the way you think directly affects your life. Now he is speaking from personal experience. I've seen some miracles, but I haven't seen that one. And that is something, I've seen the result of it because I've seen him. But in all of my years as a nurse, I have never seen that. And I am just, I'll take that back. Yes, I have. I lied to you, forgive me. Um, I knew a practitioner who totally healed herself from breast cancer. So that is the effects change your thinking. She said, basically, I don't have time for this stuff. And I'm not going to deal with chemo. I'm not doing, you know, and she did heal herself. You have brains in your head. This is the full quote <laughs> by Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know, and you are the one who'll decide where to go. I think that Dr. Seuss was a metaphysician, and we just didn't know it, right? I really do. Some of the things he came up with, I used to read Dr. Seuss to my kids, but I was thinking about things like green eggs and ham and stuff. I didn't think about, you know, his, his, some of his quotes, just how profound they were. So where are you going? Now, you have feet in your shoes. Where are your feet taking you? You've done all this thinking, right? We have a saying, treat and move your feet. So where are your feet taking you? Are they, are you, are you in the outdated mode? You know, are you walking around with platform shoes today? You know, what does it look like? Worn out thoughts are like worn out shoes. Okay? You just cannot, con just, you, you, no. <laughs> so choices. Look at all of these choices. I mean, there are just so many places, so many decisions that we have to make, right? And life is not a test. It's not about multiple choice. But in a way it is, when, when a test isn't multiple choice, all right? What you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you ima imagine, you create, and that was by the Buddha. So are your steps that you're taking, are you, do you find yourself in one place just going around in circles, not expanding? Are you someone who is resistant to change? Do you, as religious scientists, and I think that all of us have some inklings toward religious science, you're here, but have you found that you've kind of stagnated somehow? 
Have you stopped growing? Have you stopped expanding? And if so, what can you do in order to move beyond that? Are you stuck in a place of, you know, have you had old thoughts come up? Has the shadow side come up for you and jaded your thinking? Is that, are you part of, um, do you have part of that 70% of negative thoughts somewhere because you've decided that you don't want to go any further or that this is not something that you can, can do in your life? What do you want to do? What are you thinking? What kind of worn out ideas are you entertaining even still in this teaching? I would like to offer you this. We are all subjects of possibly just stagnating in one place and just not being able to move. And when you come up with something and you, you know, you hold a judgment or you find some old, you know, thoughts about the way a person lives or, or how they choose to express, when you have something like that that comes up for you, is that really part of our teaching? Are we thinking that it's okay to judge someone else? Is that what you do? Did you judge someone by how they look, how they dress? What do you do and how do you do that? Do you ever arrive? Do you ever arrive at a place where you no longer learn, where you no longer need to go to school, where you no longer, and this is the school of life, it's not just school, right? It's not just a formal education. Is this someplace, do you ever arrive? Is there any way that you can expand? I think that for me, when I think about ever arriving, when I finished ministerial school, Let's go back to practitioner. When I finished practitioner school, passed the oral panels, right? There's something that is called, have you ever heard of practitioner three? No? Practitioner three is where you really learn how to be a practitioner. All the things that you've learned in theory, all of your quotes, you know, that you've picked up from Ernest Holmes, all of your, your education that you have, you now get to put that in practice. And that practice is um, teaching. You are seeing clients. You are holding consciousness. That is practitioner three. And with practitioner three, you have not arrived. There is still something for you to learn. And what you learn is, it is not all a bed of roses. Practitioner three is harder than practitioner one and two, all right? Because you, 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 know, you get there and it's like, okay, I have arrived, this is good, I'm happy, life is fantastic, and somebody comes up to you and say, well, if you're a practitioner, how come I have to pay for a session? <laughs> If you're a practitioner, how come you dress like that? If you're a practitioner, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And you suddenly find yourself a little bit downtrodden and feeling beat up. But you know what? It's just part of it. It's part of the expansion, the opportunity for growth. So do you ever arrive? 
Jack Canfield said, the most everything that you want is just outside of your comfort zone. Right? I'd like to invite you to stress, to stretch a little bit. This week, what is it that you've always wanted to do and you haven't done because of whatever it is you're afraid of? Usually fear is what stops us. Is there something that you're afraid of? Is there a reason why you have not signed up for the Essential Ernest Holmes class that I'm teaching? <laughs> Just thought I'd plug that. Um, or have you decided that maybe you want to start on this path of, to practitioner and you haven't started taking classes? Is there a reason for that? What's holding you back? What's stopping you from answering that call? Okay? Don't let your front bumper get pulled off to answer that. Is, what else is, is there any, do you want to go to school? Do you want to start something that you've always wanted to do? What is it you've always wanted to do that you haven't done? So this back to school wisdom says that there's nothing that you cannot do if you truly choose to do it. You just have to program your brain and just let it, let all of the nonsense go and just get centered and stay in that one spot of saying, okay, I can do this. So do you ever arrive? You actually never stop learning, right? You never stop learning. Life itself does not allow you to stop learning. Every day that you wake up, you learn something new. Every day, every single day. Just take the time to notice, be conscious, be mindful. In conclusion, <laughs> As I conclude, okay, what is in your head? Think about this. Be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of your thought processes. Be aware of where you are, what you're thinking, and just know that when things start happening, just say, did I, did I cause this to happen? What was my role in this? Where are you going? What do you want to do? Where have you decided that you wanted to go? Where are your feet taking you? Those feet in your shoes. Where are they taking you? And do you ever arrive? And no matter how much, you know, you, you just kind of, you don't know and you, you have doubts and that sort of thing, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. So, let us pray. And so right here, right now, I just know that God is right here. God is everywhere present. There's absolutely no place where God is not. God is love. God is peace. God is expansion. God is great joy. God is in every single thought that we think. God is in every step that we take. God is love and God is ever expanding. And it is the Father's good pleasure 
to give us the king, the keys to the kingdom. If we but open our hearts, open our, open our minds and just receive it unto ourselves. We know that we are forever growing as God is not stagnant. God is not limited. God is great joy and God is peace. And so as God is right here with me, as God is right here with every person in here as expressions of the divine and of love, I know that each and every one of us step out today knowing that we are absolutely worthy, absolutely worthy of the gifts of life and we accept it fully, happily, and profoundly unto ourselves. We never stop growing. We never stop expanding. We are always in that ever-expanding expression of God. And for this, I am just so grateful. And as I am grateful this, I know that I am one. I know that I am blessed. I know that each and every person here within the sound of my voice, everyone that's watching online, everyone is blessed. We're here as expressions of love and of God. And I know that as we sing this song, I know that I am the place where God lives, that I know it for each and every one of you. And so let us sing. Mm, I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. So now I'd like to call forth the ushers and it's time for our offering of gifts and tithes, right? Am I still, am I doing this in order now? Okay. <laughs> so please take your gift or tithe and hold it over your heart and just say this affirmation with me. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.